Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You are about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. He's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals. This program will help you gain the much sought after hyper local information that's vital to making real estate decisions, whether you live right here in the city or across the country. Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt, with this week's daily market update. Welcome to episode 16 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. I'm Landon Witt, brokered by Metro First Realty, license number 174290. Market data today provided by Oakmar, the Oklahoma City Metropolitan Area Realtors. All right, on today's show, we have a guest. It's going to be Robin, Robin Nest Properties, one of the most uh, premier flippers in town. I wanted to have them on the show because they do such a fantastic job, really a good uh, company to purchase a home from, or if you've ever gone through an inspection as a realtor when Robin's Nest has been the renovator, uh, you can just rest at ease knowing that the the home's been done right. So we're going to be talking with her today on the show. Good stuff. All right, let's dive into the market. This week, this would have been the last week of August. We're now in September. Do you believe that? Halloween is just around the corner, folks. We're coming in quickly to the fall. The last seven days, 100 and, or excuse me, active currently, 144 houses on the market this coming week. That is down from 181 last week. Got uh, last week we were right at. Um, an average of 11 days on the market. So if you're coming in uh, looking for open houses, I know a lot of you went to see open houses last weekend, busy weekend for open houses, or at least houses that were on the market. We had a good exposure this weekend, good choices, good stuff to see. I wanna talk about the sale sales going on this week though. This week, 173 homes this past seven days uh, sold with an average day on market of 41. Okay, there were some crazy outliers, so let's focus in on that medium number of 17 days on the market. That's compared to last week's 13-day median on the market. When we look at the median sale price, we're going to look uh, 149,000 for last week. That's actually up from 139,000 the week before. So we had some good key players coming in, and also some of the smaller sales uh, on last week were not on this week. So um, if you were selling a small house, or, or should I say a lower uh, priced house, 
two weeks ago uh, was was a good good week for you guys. Uh, this week, maybe not so much. We were selling some of the higher end inventory around the 400 to 600 price uh, mark. Uh, went ahead and moved off the shelf and onto its new owners. If I look closely here, we've got the um, sales or the list price at 149.9 median and the sale price at 149 flat. So we're looking at a very slight fluctuation between what the list price was and what the selling price was in the Oklahoma City market. And we're looking at uh, an average list price per square foot of $94.31 and a sale closing price at $94.30. Folks, that it's telling us that the market is staying steady in Oklahoma City. And when I mean by Oklahoma City, I mean from the city core and 10 mile radius from the middle of Oklahoma City. Those are important numbers to know. Why? Because if you're going into a negotiation this week or this weekend, you need to take into consideration what the current trends are. And what that means is you're not getting as great of a deal as you were getting earlier in the year. And there's two reasons really for that. One of which, as we start to move out of the summer months, okay, we start to move to less buyers on the scene, but more serious buyers. During the summertime, we've got a lot of families who have the luxury sometimes when the kids are out of school to search for homes. They've been planning it for quite a while. They kind of know what they want and they're shopping the market. So we've got a lot of people doing that. But then as we get towards the fall months, we kind of lose out on the ones that have the luxury of time on their side and we get more towards those that are being job transferred to the area or just transferring in other terms where they may not have so much time. So you get fewer buyers in the fall, but you get more serious buyers. And we're already starting to see that now that school's in session uh, for just about everybody. There may be a few one or two schools that aren't in session yet, but the majority are now in school and we're seeing that play out now in the negotiations of these homes. These buyers are needing to buy and needing to get in and so we see that reflected on the purchase price uh, negotiations so that's on active markets again that's not including REOs if we look at the REOs which is real estate owned by the bank and short sales uh, for those looking for a bargain or a fixer-upper um, last week we had a median sales price of 83,000 and check it out, a list price of 79000 So last week, was a they were bidding up by quite a good margin there. I think that's 4% over ask on, on the REO of the last seven days. Now, what that comes to is when we actually look at the averages, though, we do see a dip. So there was a couple that had some really um, interesting deals, like for example, uh, 9013 Salisbury Lane was listed for 118 and uh, stayed on the market for 103 days and then sold at the $93,000 mark. The rest, however, Northeast 53rd, for example, was on the market for $79,000, sold at $83,000 just 22 days later. Another example would be 22. 
2024 Churchill Place was again listed for 84,000, sold for 90,500 at 16 days on the market. Folks, there is a big demand for renovation properties. And the reason why is crystal clear, and we'll get into that later on the show, but when you purchase in a linear market, when you purchase, you're often purchasing to renovate, and the renovation funds that you're making off the flip are often the biggest appreciation that you will get over the lifespan of owning that home. So there's a lot of folks wanting to renovate in order to get into the rental scene. Okay, so I want to move on to the top homes of the week. In the under 750 price point, I've got 519 Northeast 30th in the Central Park Edition. Beautiful historic two-story home, three-bedroom, two-bath, two-and-a-half bath, craftsman style. Listed on the market at 359 It's going for $182 a square foot. Beautiful uh, remodel in the Paseo District. Very popular uh, if you're wanting to walk to some destinations, uh, you can head on to the Paseo for some beautiful restaurants or some of the local um, venues um, or bars that are in the Paseo and walk home uh, or take a scooter. So inside they've done the Travenir or the look, the wood look like um, tile. It's a white tile. And then they've done where they've removed all the walls on the first floor and, and done a complete open concept kitchen with a bar in the middle with the range mounted in the bar. And then you've got that vent going above and then ventilating that air, which is super important. If you're using natural gas and you're not venting that air out, um, you're going to be a lot unhappier when you cook because the oxygen is being taken out of the room and other crazy gases that they don't talk about in natural gas are being expelled into your environment. And if you're not sucking those out of the room, you're then inhaling them. And it can be um, pretty bad for infants and and, uh, and kiddos as well as um, whoever's cooking. So you, if you don't have a vent right now and you're freaking out saying, oh my God, Landon, I don't have a vent and I don't have a place to put it, then just go ahead and open that window that's maybe above the sink uh, while you're using your stove or your oven um, if you're again if you're using natural gas so that's one to check out 519 Northwest 30th on the under 250 price point for the last seven days I see 2849 Northwest 17th Street beautiful renovation it is a um, a Tudor-style home that has been painted gray on the exterior, and when they do this right, it really looks good. It's got a unique kind of a, a Camelot type of flair to it. Uh, the inside has just been done incredible. It's also got a one-car garage around back that doesn't look like it's completely falling apart. <laughs> Actually, it looks really good. Um, for those that are shopping in the Crestwood area, you know those garages are hard to come by. And when you do even get a garage, the garage is literally on probably its last leg, and you're going to be the one that probably has to tear it down, or at least a buyer right after you. So beautiful kitchen, beautiful flooring. The, the, the original floor has been sanded down and stained a nice dark stain. Um, it's got a beautiful tile back 
backsplash with a white themed kitchen. I'm seeing this more and more important for buyers looking for the lighter color kitchens. Whiter, more light, more whiter cabinets. You've got white uh, quartz countertops. All these uh, lighter colors coming together to make that home uh, a lighter mix. Okay, so we have some questions today. Um, we've got a couple of emails I want to address. Now, I try to respond to each and every one of your emails as they come in. Uh, and also, we get a new feature on the website on okcrealestateshow.com. If you want to message in, there's a messenger, an instant messenger pop-up that will pop up in the bottom right. So if you're a Facebook user, you can message right in there and you can hit it straight and it'll either go to me or Amy or Kevin. And one of us will be able to address that market question that you've got uh, in real time, hopefully. Or if not in real time, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. You can also email Landon, L-A-N-D-O-N, at OKCReal.com. This question comes out of Dallas, Greg. He's asking, if I have paid off properties that I want to use for collateral, what is that like? That's a great question, Greg. So this is a situation in which you own clean and clear, which means there's no liens on the property, you have no mortgages on the property, you've paid off that property, and you want to use them like a credit card, okay? So you go to a bank, and use, and usually this is a local bank or an investment bank. For this answer, I contacted Keith Ogle at All America Bank, which is a local bank here in Oklahoma City. And he said what they'll do is they'll send an appraiser out to the property, they'll get an appraised property value, and then they will loan you 75% of that appraised value as a credit card, basically. It's a revolving line of credit. Now, credit scores and this kind of thing can play a role in your credit history and also your 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 economic profile that you submit to them, uh, showing your value and stuff that you know your 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 wealth capability, your risk basically. But when they when they when you take your property right and you give it to a bank like this and you put it up for collateral, they then give you these funds as a revolving credit. And the cool thing about it is that you can do whatever you want with it. And so if you wanna do a renovation project on another rental that you have to get it ready for a refinance that's coming up and you don't wanna tap into other funds, you can then pool funds from a different rental property or a property that you own clean and clear. You can pull it out temporarily rarely without going through the hassle of actually refinancing and cashing out that home and all the crazy stuff and sometimes three or four thousand dollars or more in loan origination fees to get a refinance you can quickly take that out by doing a putting up your home as collateral again if you've got paid off properties it might be something that you look into again you got to contact a local bank and again you can get a revolving line of credit off of your rental property value, or, or it doesn't have to be a rental property, but it has to be a property that's paid off. Great question, Greg. Next one comes from William out of Mississippi. William says, I've been looking on Trulia.com and it sure looks like the more market is very flat, if not negative at times. What's going on? 
William, great question. So Moore is a town just south of Oklahoma City by about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on traffic. Oklahoma City, in general, is considered a linear market. Now, what do I mean by linear market? Well, real estate markets are broken into two classes of of general categories. And one is cyclical, as in they move up and down in cycles. And the other is linear, as in they stay flat over a historical period of time. Each property has its pros and cons. We've all heard about people uh, going into cyclical markets like San Francisco and Los Angeles and some other places on the East Coast and our Florida, for example, and buying uh, property at a very low price and then the market turns and bam, that property's worth a fortune. And we've also seen people buy property at a very high price and then the market turns and tanks and the prices just collapse and people lose thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, in a linear market, you have a lot more stability. And what I mean by stability is lower volatility. So if you're thinking of it in terms of stocks, you're, you would have a stock that's very um, docile, a low volatility stock. And that's what Oklahoma City is, is a very linear market. Now, why is that a good thing? Well, if you are a rental investor or a cash flow investor, a linear market is very friendly to you because you have very good predictability. Folks, during the the very bottom of the recession in 2008, the lowest we hit was 8% market loss. I think 7.8 or something like that was the average, whereas other markets were just devastated by 15 and 20%. So, Already we see that um, in a linear market, you, you hedge your bet better and you rely on cash flow, which means, William, when you go in to buy a property in Oklahoma City, you better make sure that that property makes sense from day one. And some of these markets, you can get away with the property, maybe not making as much money or you not being happy with the amount and allow appreciation to come up around it. In Oklahoma City, the main, really the, 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 the average rate is going to be 3.5% annually, not enough to outpace inflation enough to make up for big mistakes. So you, it's very important when buying in a linear market that you buy and you make money the day you buy into that property. So it's important to choose the right realtor, get with our investment staff, uh, message me when you're looking at those properties. Hey, Landon, what do you think? Uh, because it's important to get in and make money right at the sale. The deal has to work from day one. All right, moving on to the news portion of the show. I want to talk a little bit about the parks downtown, the specifically the Scissor Tail project. Um, there's two sections to this massive undertaking. Um, the city itself, or the, the Scissor Tail Park, the whole park is a 70 acre project at a total core cost of $132 million. This is an important facet of the new phase or the new beginnings of the city of Oklahoma City. It's got, um, just like every 
beautiful city. You think of Manhattan, you think of Central Park. Scissortail Park is going to be the Central Park of Oklahoma City with a beautiful 70-acre, gorgeously maintained uh, place to take your kids, to take your dog as long as it's on a leash, and there's even restaurants that have already been planned to be along the route. It's just going to be a beautiful place to spend downtown and also is a great complement to all the urban developments that have been going on downtown. So you can now walk to the scissor tail or take the city transit, which um, has been uh, the streetcar has been uh, doing great training on that. If you've not seen some of that in the news, the streetcar um, is a very modern uh, above ground subway looking system that many cities have incorporated, but the, the streetcar is going to give you the transportation between Scissor Tail and downtown and, and a few other stuff. Uh, but just a cool sight to see. It really feels like this modern feel is coming over the town. So anyways, that project uh, phase two has begun, which is the lower park section. They've already started the upper park and we're looking at opening fall of the first part, fall of next year um, and the grand opening of the entire park being the end of 2021 um, but the lower park portion this one i'm talking about now is a 20.5 million dollar project moving on to other interesting developments um, we're looking at the flicks brew house which is a combination of a beer brewery and a movie theater um, this would have never been possible prior to the new October 1st um, liquor laws, which have been changing in Oklahoma, well, which will be changing in Oklahoma, which will enable uh, venues and um, restaurants and bars to operate on what the rest of the nation seems normal, um, which means higher alcohol volume and allows breweries and stuff the freedom to open or sell in open air uh, stores like this, uh, refrigerated. Uh, I think there were some rules before where it had to be warm. And who wants to drink warm beer in the United States? Maybe in Germany, uh, but not here. Um, that's going to be on 85th, Northwest 85th and US 77 or Broadway, okay, on the east side of Broadway. Um, um, the company that's putting that together is American Fidelity. American Fidelity um, is also in the process of demolishing the old Opubco printing plant uh, with no immediate plans to redevelop that site, but that whole plot they um, own, and this is part of the first redevelopment uh, project there. Um, it's like a 55-acre track, and so that'll be interesting. I, on a side note, though, not sure about the movie theater industry. Um, less and less moviegoers going to the movies, more Netflixers out there. I don't know if everybody has time to go to the movies anymore, uh, but I suppose if you can put a live brewery in there and make it kind of a bar movie night, now you've got something. So uh, it'll be interesting to see that uh, evolve. Uh, okay, and Onward to our guest, Robin's Nest Properties, bringing up a good point. If you're out there, and we're going to cover this more in depth on a later show, but permits, permits, permits. If you're renovating a home in Oklahoma City, you need a permit for just about everything. And if you list a home that's next to a home that's been permitted and your home is not permitted, you could be buying a home that is 
worth $20,000 less than another home, but you have no idea because you didn't ask for the permits. So anytime any change has been done to a property besides changing a little receptacle or maybe even just changing a little faucet, anything more than that, and you need a permit, my friend, any electrical work, any plumbing work, any work um, on even on the fence needs to have a permit. So make sure you're getting those permits or your contractors are pulling those permits because we're moving into a season where you need to have permits. And why? What's the big reason why? Because if your home burns down, there's probably some clause somewhere in your insurance documents that says we will not cover the damages due to an unpermitted work. That's massive. If your home burns down and your new electrical system that you paid big bucks for and you paid more than another house to get was not permitted by the city, the insurance company sure could not sure has the option to not cover your loss. And that would leave you with a burned down house and a mortgage that you now have to repay on a house you can't live in. Don't let that happen to you guys. We're going to be covering that on a future episode. Permits, you got to check for them. All right, moving on to our guest, Robin's Nest Properties, renovator. She's got another property that's coming on the market. We went live to the location there. We are checking her out in the front yard of this renovation property. Project. Cool stuff. Robin, welcome to the show. Okay, Robin, well, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Got some important stuff to talk about today. And one of the things I've always wanted to kind of bring up is these renovations that we see. You know, a lot of you folks are watching HGTV, you're watching some of the other shows, and you're seeing folks that are renovating these homes. And you want to go out, maybe you don't have time to do it yourself, or you've got a busy work schedule. You want to be able to purchase one of these beautifully renovated homes, especially in these historic districts. But don't really know the difference between a quality product and a product that's just been thrown together to be on the market. Robin does an outstanding job of renovating these homes and really getting a quality product. So we're here today to talk about kind of that and also share a little bit of personal of kind of what the process is like, you know, how stressful is this? So please share with us, how'd you get started doing this? Well, I honestly um, have always purchased houses for myself that needed, I would never buy anything that was like ready to go. I always looked for something um, that needed a lot of work um, so that I could get my price down. Um, so I would just, um, renovate my own properties. And I have done several for just my own personal um, properties. And so it was always a passion that I had, um, something that I always wanted to do. I was in a corporate industry and it just never felt like that was what I was um, supposed to be doing. Um, and it just, uh, this, I started doing this just a little bit at a time and and uh, it's stuck. I just love it. It doesn't feel like I'm working, like I'm going to mm. work. It's actually just it's a, kind of a labor a of love. Yeah, for sure. 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 So. so when you got involved with it, was it everything that you thought, or maybe was there some challenges you weren't expecting? It was a lot different. Like I, you know, 
Everything has been a learning experience for me. I, and I, I still, to this day, this is probably my 10th one, and I learn something new every time. Um, but the very, my very first home, I just, I learned so much, and I just, the more I did it, the more I learned. Wow. What are some kind of big things that are common uh, misconceptions, I guess, or that it's super easy or that you just get contractors out there. They kind of take care of all the work. You don't really have to pay attention. Oh, gosh. I think that's the opposite. I think you really do have oh, to get you, involved. I, in the beginning, I went through so many different crews because, you know, um, nothing was what I expected. The quality, um, I finally now have a crew that I just, they know what to expect from me and I know what to expect from them. But in the beginning, I mean, it was just always, uh, just never anything was turning out the way I wanted it to, you know, mm. and, and, and the crew now, we've just gotten to know each other so well. They know um, what we are looking for and they know what to, that we are expecting from them, you know. So that's, that's one of the hardest things is finding a, re, a reliable um, crew. I sure, would say. Sure, I can understand that. So when we talk about these homes, right, these homes are stretching from 1910 to 1950s, really. Uh -huh. um, what is that? Is that something that you just personally like that time period or? I do. I've always, um, I grew up in Miller. Um, and so I was always around the historical neighborhoods. I've lived in Crestwood. I've just always loved the older homes. There's just so much character to them. I like the wood floors. I just like the whole feel about it. And so that's kind of what I went back to, you know, the homes that I loved. And so that's kind of the areas that I focus on. I just love um, the neighborhoods. I just love that everything is so different from one another. Every house is different. You're not going to find the same house, kind of like you would in the some of the newer neighborhoods where they're all exactly the same. Sure, sure. Now, is there a particular place you start off when you work on a home? I mean, is there a focus point where you say, this is really where I want to start and kind of build everything out from that? Or A lot of times I'll find, um, have an idea with one room, like I want to take it this way, and I just kind of build everything from that. It all just depends. Um, as far as the process go, you definitely want to start, you know, your rough things like electrical, heat and air, things like that. But as far as design goes, sometimes it's one little thing that, you know, um, one little picture and you kind of build from that. It mm -hmm. all just depends, yeah. Mm. Now, do you use a designer or are you I the don't. designer? I don't. Wow. I'm the designer and mm. uh, we kind of work together. We just do it all ourselves, actually. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really something. And sometimes we do it as we go, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Right? Just kind of building off yeah. of what works, what doesn't right. work in exactly. the size, too. Yeah. I think some of design is literally just practicality. I mean, sometimes you have a couch or you have a setup or exactly. you have a banister that, that looks beautiful, but it just doesn't fit. Exactly. And so you have to rethink it and yeah. resize it. And right. You've done a great job of that. Um, now, you take kind of a different approach than a lot of these renovators and that you bring your social media crowd into the action. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is like you will post as you're going, hey guys, here's what I'm doing with the living room, you know, and I love how you take certain pieces and you'll post that. Maybe you found something at an antique store mm -hmm. or something and you go, this would look perfect in that room. Right. 
you're posting that online and you're engaging your followers to where they're already getting excited and telling their friends about this home. Like, you wait till you see this one. Mm -hmm. And you're selling these homes like the day they come on the market. Yeah, the last one that I had didn't even get on the market. And I think the social media helps with that a lot. You know, it kind of gets the word out there, but the last house never even made it to the market. And if they do make it to the market, um, the one, two houses ago, the first day, you know, they're getting an offer on them. Knock on wood, you know, that's, that's wow. how I hope they go. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that the quality, you know, we we're, we're very, very picky. Um, we don't just let anything go you know it's just we'll we'll redo it if we need to until it's perfect and i think mm. that you can see that in our homes sure i know i personally had an experience with one of your homes um, that you um, renovated and they ended up getting a job transfer about two years later and it went back on the market and we were walking through with a buyer and I remember quickly pulling the records and then seeing that Robin's Nest was uh -huh. the seller mm -hmm. and just a relief came over okay. me at that moment because I know that inspections are going to be smooth. I know that we're not going to hit these issues like with some other renovators where we have, uh, you know, I've got horror stories where the families moved in and then their house has had flooding going on where the bathroom just wasn't done right. And now they're doing, they spent eight months, you know, trying to fix and resolve those problems. And in a lot of cases, you can't hold the seller responsible, or if you can, it's a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, uh, lawsuit and, and legal problems to get there. So I think starting off with a quality product, someone who takes care, and I think because you started with your own, you know, yes. you were doing this for yourself. Mm -hmm. So you started with a, with a, uh, a habit of, I'm gonna be the one living in this. You know. And that's how I feel when I'm doing these houses. I want to. I want it to be done right. I want to be around a long time. I'm going to be probably a couple houses over. Mm. You know, they're going to know where to find me. So I just want to make sure that everything's done right and the way I would want it if I were to live in the home. It's beautiful. Well, Robin, thanks for doing this interview this morning. Thank you. Really Thank you so that. much for asking us. I, I'm. I'm having a great time this morning.